You're listening to Seattle Real Estate Podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Today, surprisingly, we're actually talking about real estate on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. What are we talking about? Where Seattle area home prices are rising fastest as a region is among national leaders again. Again, it's like dot, dot, dot. Again, we've been talking about this forever. Seattle's got all this crazy political and social stuff going on, and we're defunding the police, and we're doing this and that, and everybody from the rest of the country and world is going, what a sideshow you've got going on there. And then here I am, you know, covering all that stuff, and then we've got some of the greatest appreciation in the United States. It's weird. Admit it. It I openly admit it. It's weird. But there's so many dynamics, so many economic dynamics going on here that if you look at what's going on, and that's why a lot of people say, yeah, well, just wait till all the foreclosures hit Seattle. And I kind of tell people, yeah, that's not happening. And here's why. You've got yada, 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 yada. And if you've, if you've listened enough to my podcast, you understand the fundamentals of what's going on with real estate. It is crazy. It's absurd, especially during a pandemic. In all my years of real estate, now I'm sounding like an old dude, right? In all my years of real estate, I've never seen such a small limited inventory as this. I hearken back to 18, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, this is a weird time. When you go into a pandemic, anything that typically rocks um, the national anything, real estate and business just <laughs> Just drop in volume. We should have gone radio silent in real estate. But because of the circumstances of the pandemic and low interest rates and the Fed now able to basically jack those interest rates around, this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with Seattle has an incredibly vibrant real estate market. And our appreciation is it, it's off the hook. And the stuff I'm seeing, it's not normal. And uh, it's weird. And it is ultimately not sustainable. Most economists agree. I'm a real estate guy. I should be saying, hey, get out there and buy that home. Um, but what I'm saying is realistic. And that's why you're listening to me on this podcast, because we're reasonable people. And we're going to talk about reasonable things. And the home appreciation right now is unreasonable, not from a weird standpoint, it is weird. But the dynamics are such that this can't go on forever. We all know that. But a lot of homeowners are like, ah, this is the new norm. This is this is Seattle 2021. It's what we're doing. Yeah, but look at how you got there. And are those situations, are those long term sustainable? Absolutely not. All right, let's get into it. Seattle's housing market started the new year with a milestone. Housing prices here have been growing at the second fastest rate in the nation for a full year. And we were hopping before that. January, February 2020, the market was screaming from, for being in, in Seattle and, um, those cold weather months for us, cold, you know, if it drops below freezing, everybody just, Oh, geez, it's cold here. And then when it rains, we can't drive. Seattle's got a lot of issues. I mean, we need a big box of tissues for all of our issues, right? For the 12th month in a row, only Phoenix outpaced the Seattle area for year-over-year home growth price uh, in January, according to the Standard & Poor CoreLogic Case-Shiller Home Price Index. Have they added more words to that index? I know it's an important index. We've got the Standard & Poor CoreLogic Case-Shiller 
home price index. Just a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. The index measures price home growth in 20 metro areas, reports a three-month rolling average of home prices, and lags by two months. The data reflects prices across the Seattle metro area, including parts of King, Pierce, and Snohomish counties. So kind of our dense areas here in western Washington. Where I'm podcasting to you from is in the middle of King County. We've got Snohomish County to the north, and then we've got Pierce County down to the south where Tacoma is. Seattle area home prices were up 14.3% in January compared to a year earlier. Up 14% in a year, year over year. That's a whopper. That's an enormous, and that's on average, right? That is nutty. That was slightly slower than growth in Phoenix, where prices jumped 15.8%. I mean, you're ramping up on 20% there, which is some of the most incredible appreciation I've experienced, I've heard of, because in my head, you know, three, four, five percent, that's pretty good. As long as you are positive, real estate's okay. If it's keeping up with inflation, all right, balanced market, you know, along those lines, not 15.8%. That's a, that's a big number. And just barely faster than San Diego, where prices were up 14.2%. So we edged out, um, San Diego by 0.1%. Way to go, Seattle. You keep it up. You got some bad stuff going on, then you've got some, well, a lot of people want to live here. A lot of people, a lot of money, and a lot of jobs coming here. That's the bottom line, right? Is our, our, our economy, our local economy here is crazy. Across the country, prices are climbing faster than they have in more than a decade. The nationwide 11.2% year-over-year increase in January was the highest recorded since nearly 15 years ago. We're 2021, so 2006, right before the crash. That's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. Does that make sense? Is anybody anybody listening? Anybody listening? I don't know. I feel like I talk about this a lot and people are like, ah, it's going to go on forever. In February 2006, according to Craig Lazara, he's managing director and global head of index investment strategy at Standard & Poor Down Jones Indices. That's a title. I I, I, I wouldn't even want that title. It's just like, cut my title down. I don't care. Take Give me less money, cut my title down. I want to be able to pronounce it when I tell people. A collision between robust demand and rock bottom inventory is driving prices up, Zillow senior economist Jeff Tucker said in a statement, because we should all listen to somebody from Zillow, right? Now, they've got some great economists there. Those guys do an amazing job of analyzing every damn house in the United States. That's a big task. Um, Seattle prices zoomed up faster at the start of this year than at the peak of 2018's brutal spring housing market. I actually thought 2017 was more brutal, but I'm just an appraiser, you know, former appraiser. I own an appraisal company. I mean, let's not, I'm I'm not going to take credit where credit isn't due, but I appraised for a long time, long time, most of my career as an adult. And um, I thought 2017 was stronger, but what do I know? Uh, when prices were up 13.5% in May of 2018 compared with the previous year. Okay, based on the numbers, um, 2018. So bottom line is, is we've just had all these years back to back with some just incredible appreciation. And as a real estate guy, you're always going, all right, when is this bad boy gonna pop? When's it gonna pop? 
But we've just got the fundamentals right now for, you know, demand to keep going for a while because there's a lot of demand out there. And if even if you dumped a ton of inventory, it would get swept up, just it would get eaten up like that. And you'd be right back to where we are. How, how much inventory? I don't know. There's a lot of buyers out there. All right. Across King, Pierce, and Snohomish counties, Pierce County continues to see the most dramatic price hikes because it was most affordable, right? According to separate January data provided by Zillow, prices were up 19.2% in Parkland, that's in Tacoma, compared to last year, 17.5% in Tacoma, and 16.9% in Spanaway. So what is going on there? Those are further out locations. People are realizing, I can get a lot of house I get a lot of big bang for my buck in these markets. Whereas I go into Seattle, I'm going to get a crappy little two bedroom for six, seven hundred grand. And that's going to suck because I got three kids, two dogs, a home gym. I work on cars. That's not the place for me. Seattle's not the place for me. So people are going to neighborhoods like Tacoma and Spanaway where there's more affordability. And also, if you are working for a company who says that you can telecommute three days out of your work week, then by all means, you're going to go somewhere where, yeah, you've got to commute, but it's not five days a week. It's not that grind that we had pre-pandemic, right? Pricier areas like Seattle and Mercer Island saw slower growth. The cost of homes was up 8.7% in Seattle and 7.2% in Mercer Island, according to Zillow. Other outlying towns like Bothell, Kent, and Linwood were in the middle of the pack with prices up about 13%. Pricier areas like Seattle and Mercer Island saw slower growth, the, clearly, because you're going to have less people who can afford those areas. And, uh, and also, there is zero inventory in those marketplaces. The cost of homes was up 8.7% in Seattle and 7.2% in Mercer Island, according to Zillow. Other outlying towns like Bothell, which is to the north, suburban, Kent to the south, and then uh, Linwood back up north, we're in the middle of the pack with prices up about 13%. So we're ranging anywhere from call it 7% to 19%. Those are, those are incredible numbers. Across the country, the increasingly unaffordable market will discourage some potential home buyers from entering the market, said CoreLogic Deputy Chief Economist Selma Hep in the statement. Okay, that is happening. You are you are having buyer fatigue, but guess what? Buyers still want to jump on these really low interest rates. And when you have interest rates creeping up, you've got FOMO. You've got real estate FOMO, the fear of missing out. Because if I don't get this, if if I can lock in this 30-year interest rate at 3% or whatever it is, three and a quarter or 2.75, you know, a couple of weeks ago, that's going to save me X amount of dollars. And of course, their mortgage loan officer, their banker has told them, hey, if you lock in now, you're gonna, your payment's going to be this. If you lock in when it's a quarter point or half a point, point higher, your payments are going to be this over the 30 years. That puts the fear of, you know, fear of God in you, right? Oh, I, I've, I've, I've got to get a mortgage right now. I've got to buy that property. And that's literally what's going on. People are, if I don't get this now, I'm probably never going to get this historically low interest rate which is probably true. All right. So you've got this FOMO going on and people are just, I've got to get a house. We're seeing this time and time and time again. And what I tell people, and, and by people, I mean my real estate brokers is, okay, here's what you're going to have to do to win this bidding war. And I call it going naked, meaning you have no protection whatsoever. 
you just you get rid of all of your typical buyer protections. You don't do a building inspection. You don't make it subject to financing, which means if you can't get financing, if you can't get a loan, um, the seller is going to probably keep your earnest money. And you that earnest money may be non-refundable. You may need to just write a check at the time of mutual acceptance, when both buyer and seller agree to all terms, you might just be writing a check directly to the seller and saying, thank you for giving us the opportunity to purchase your home. Here's this nice little incentive. You can keep it either way, whether we close or not. You might have to do that and all this other stuff, and you're going to have to bid higher than everybody else. And so the winner, to me, I tell my brokers is sometimes the loser because of what they've had to do to get that home. That's the stuff people aren't really talking about. Why? Because it's a brutal situation. Hey, you want to buy a home? Here's what you're going to have to do. And um, that's a very difficult conversation to have. And as we get closer to what I think is probably the, there's going to be a slowdown. There's going to be a slowdown. Some of these homes, their pricing is probably a little frothy, shall we say right now. The market is frothy. And, you know, I've been saying that for a long time, but it feels like it's really frothy right now. And is it artificially propped up? No, because it, it's a supply demand issue, right? Uh, you could say, hey, if the Fed, you know, just if, if, if interest rates go through the roof, uh, that's going to affect your demand, right? So there's that. But the Fed has basically said, hey, we're going to in order to keep businesses going and the economy going and stimulate the economy in this, you know, post recovery period, recovery period, whatever you want to call it, you're going to have to keep interest rates low because it's not just mortgage rates. It's, it's buying capability of businesses, right? And big businesses. Um, across the country, the increasingly unaffordable market will discourage some potential home buyers from entering the market. Yes, agreed. But, um, I see those folks coming back. They come back because they're like, Oh my gosh. If I wait, property values are only increasing and my interest rate is increasing, which means my ability to purchase something and afford something goes down. So you've got this one goes up, one goes down. Ah, they get caught in the middle. Never going to get a house. And that's the FOMO, right? But that could also take some wind out of its sails, slowing the home price growth rate by about a half by the end of 2021. I, I would be okay if we cut our home price growth in half right now. I'm okay with that. That would be fine. That would be a step in the right direction to getting back to whatever normal is. I don't know if we're ever going to have normal after the whole Rona thing, but um, it's rocked all these markets as well. And one of the fallout is we've had just some, and, and not fallout, but it's, you're going to have to deal with some appreciation stuff down the road. Because uh, market can't go on forever, right? Um, and so it's gonna it could take home price growth uh, rate by about half by the end of 2021. Have predicted the biggest concern remains the lack of for sale homes. We don't have any. We don't have any. And like I've said before, I sit down with with my brokers, Summer Properties Northwest brokers, and we're looking for options for their buyers. And you do a radius search, so you pinpoint the location on the MLS map. Okay, I want to search from here. I want to go out a two-mile radius, a three-mile radius. And we will do that, and we'll come up with like three properties, one of which is junk, one of which is new construction proposed. It's not even built yet. You can sign up for a hamburger today, and I will gladly pay you on Tuesday. You know, that whole thing. Um, and then the third one is going to have 25 offers on it. 
that's what you're working with. Potential sellers may be discouraged by their inability to find a new home. That's a very big reality. There's, if they sell, then they've taken one out of the pool. And where do they go? They're going to have to compete. Maybe out, maybe they go elsewhere. That's what a lot of people are doing. And subsequently choose to not list their own home, leading a, to a vicious cycle of declining for sale homes. Okay, that is part of it. But I think the demand component is way, way greater. You've just got this picture of the, you know, all those sharks just feeding frenzy on that one little house that popped up just it's, it's brutal. And, you know, my brokers are having a tough time. And then I, I, I need to spend time on that. And it's like, Oh, my gosh, this is a no win deal. When is this market going to normalize? That's what in, in the real estate side of things, that's what we're kind of looking at is when is when are we going to have some more normal inventory levels and not have this feeding frenzy? Because the winners are oftentimes in my book, they're the losers because of what they had to do to get there. It's not pretty. That's the kind of stuff that you're not going to hear from a lot of other real estate guys. It's what we're doing here in the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. We're talking about reality because we are reasonable people. All right, that's it for me on this one. Um, so yeah, bottom line is with all the ridiculousness going on in Seattle, real estate markets on fire to the point where those of us in the industry are like, when are we going to get a break from this? When are things going back to normal? Because this isn't right. In the meantime, as these stories continue, I'll report them to you right here on the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Thanks for being a part of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. That's it for me. I'm going to the gym. I'm doing a big leg day, and then I'm going to come back, record a couple more. All right. Thanks again for being part of the Seattle Real Estate Podcast. Um, I'll catch up with you guys on the next one. All right. Have fun. Thanks. Bye. to subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell so you'll know when our next video is out.